modernsymposium.com. So you're saying the 60s were fascinating. Yeah, well, they're, they're so... Um, I think that people kind of chalk them up to be all about tie-dyes and, you know, Woodstock and, and that movement, you know, the hippie movement, the later part of the 60s in Vietnam. But there was so much other stuff going on at that time as well that that it's, the more you read about it, the more you realize it's a hugely pivotal pivotal point in our society for so many different reasons. Yeah. yeah probably Mad Men describes, I'm sure, shows a little bit about that. Yeah, it just very poignantly reflects the emotional response that probably was happening at the time. Like, just seeing all these assassinations happen in our row and all this chaos Yeah, out of, like, the 1950s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't take two decades that are more different th- from each other than the 1950s and the 1960s. It's just, right. like, a complete shift in the Overton window. And a lot of it had to do with, with uh, drugs and with, you know, um, the the movement with the guy that did the experiments with the LSD, you know. Um, well, there are a bunch of guys. Um, you're not talking about Aldous Huxley, are you? Not, no, no, what's his name? Uh, gosh, the guy that's always been, you know, hailed as the godfather of LSD. I know there's um, Leary and... Timothy Al- Leary. Timothy Leary. But yeah. he's not really the guy. But there's a bunch of guys that went down that were, like, from Harvard and from Stanford that went down into Mexico to find mushrooms. And that's in the book that I read. It's a really interesting story about the flesh of God, they called it. And they took a lot. This lady that, that knew where to get it would make them take so much... So they took they had they went on these really profound trips and they wrote a lot about it and they knew about it before LSD hit the hit the scene really hard. But then what I was saying about uh, Stanley Gottlieb or the, you know one of the first directors of the CIA, <clears throat> he supposedly spiked the LSD bowl with uh, or the punch bowl with LSD uh, at the CIA party and um, he's known for having done some pretty wild stuff with LSD. But there were definitely some experiments done. Um, in that time with LSD and with other drugs with sodium pentothal you know and then a bunch of other ones trying to get people to uh, admit to things when they were being interrogated you know the Cold War was going on and um, Vietnam was because you know I think World War II was kind of viewed as a good thing during the 40s and the 50s and we had a really high um, employment rate and a very huge building of our middle class like you said about it being two different eras I think during the 50s there wasn't a lot of real dissent in our in our community at all oh. you know it was like none even in the 60s like public opinion was still in the favor of mm-hmm. the establishment mm-hmm. so even that was hard to overcome it's right. just the first voices of protest really made themselves heard in the 60s big time at the end right at the end yeah that's a pretty interesting period you know what's funny to me? When the government, like, first really learned a lot about LSD and psychedelics, that their, one of their first big projects was trying to use it for mind control. Yeah, that, right, exactly. Like, what a fascistic, like, <laughs> way to try to, like, exploit and manipulate that. Right. That new discovery. Is it true that it was used later on for couples therapy? And that it, even to this day, like, if you really look at, if you look it up in DSM V4 or whatever that it will come up as like a medicine that's used just like cocaine is still used for anesthesia 
if you look at certain places, I guess they still use it to numb things, but... I don't think they ever prescribe LSD. Right. It's weird, they, but they ended up... Like, I think that was the final home for it. It may have been, like, a non-official kind of uh, official place for it to be put for it. But, yeah, it was to use it for couples therapy, and they found it to be actually beneficial. Hmm. But, no, I don't think it's for everybody. It's an interesting thing. We should, I should look that up and read more about it, because about it but it's funny in Mad Men there's a couple that take LSD together really see and that that's that's interesting yeah see it like a married couple oh, I, read, I read about that was they said that it helped like half the people or something like that like it helped help help couples what about the other half I don't know really. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like oh, a coin flip <laughs> yeah, I guess I it's know. worth a shot it's kind of like those those advertisements we hear that's like yeah your, your depression will be healed but you're bleeding out of your anus and drooling <laughs> a fat lip and it like one eye's swollen shut. And I don't like, know. The, <laughs> the idea of using an LSD trip to rescue your relationship just sounds like a midlife crisis. Yeah. Kind of, or like oh, a jump the shark kind of move. Well, what it might be though is it totally just a big insight for those people just to look backwards at themselves and, and see that. Yeah. It's like the therapist can just sit back and relax and just watch people kind of realize what's going on. I mean, I don't know. I've had, I've had, I've had a couple LSD trips like that. We've all had them. We act like we've never done it. I've done it. Um, and I've had a couple like that that never had a bad one. Um, but I've never taken high, high doses of it either. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, like, gave people a lot. Like, take this. Take, take <laughs> ten hits. Jeez. Like, fuck. But, yeah. Um, interesting interesting stuff that's what we're talking about too someday is all of the stuff that they did all those different operations and all the stuff and what they supposedly came to you know what they um, the results they supposedly got out of it we don't hear about any of them they say oh well there's nothing to do with mind control there's nothing we never found out anything to do with it and it's just wasted time but the advertising industry was able to take some of that and make it mainstream you know, yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that that we heard about the experiment with the guy that and he worked in a movie theater. Supposedly, the first guy to do this worked in a movie theater, and his name was like fucking Zim to the South. It's like Billy Bob Jim Jim Zim, some like real Southern sounding name. He would cut in pieces of of all kinds of things into the movie 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 um, booth where he was working. He would change oh, like, the reels. Like a single frame of yeah. like a penis frame. or something. Exactly. I, I've heard of uh, like in Fight Club. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that supposedly really happened, and um, the advertising industry supposedly studied it hugely. They did, and then yeah. they supposedly said it was not valuable. That it was not that there was no there was no merit to it. Right. But then they also supposedly were caught doing that, and. Um, well, I, I'm sure they're like, well, it doesn't hurt to try, you know? It's not I think like it people works are gonna, good. The human eye can't even detect, I think. Cannot detect it. And it was so. one of the first things that they figured out, and it's a huge, and they figured out many other things, and they figured yeah. out so many amazing things about, about you know, and then some of them are used in sales, like the law of reciprocation, and all the, the you know, some of those are true for advertising, and um, what the... Uh, Splice it. They, so supposedly they did it in a movie theater with buy more ice or buy more popcorn and buy more soda or something. They spliced it in, and the people were 
were told they couldn't continue to do that, and the official statement from the government says, oh, we just stopped that, and we don't do it anymore, or something like that. <laughs> I don't really know a lot about it, but pretty interesting. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Crazy time that we're in, huh? Fast forward, how many years? 60? <laughs> 60 years from 60 1960. Years to now. That's crazy. That's, wow. 60 years ago it was 1960. That's, that's crazy. It is crazy. It's starting to show itself. Do you know that the age, the times, is some of the things that I hope wouldn't happen are happening. <laughs> no, that's not like that. But some yeah. of the things that I thought the future would bring are being brought. I guess the worst case scenario would be if this was kind of like 9-11 is to the Patriot Act. Like, there's going to be a Patriot Act, Patriot mm-hmm. Act for coronavirus, and it's going to be even worse. It's going to be like Patriot Act 2.0. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine Dick Cheney, but on steroids. If you could get to your yeah. biological... Um, oh, my God. It's crazy. Or imagine a guy that has access to all the viruses, that is warning you about the viruses, right? That's been working on the viruses, and it's like warning you about them then you're like no there's not going to be any viruses and so he's like to self-fulfill his own prophecy his own warning he's like releases it like like plot for a movie or something like oh my god the idea I would say of biological warfare has become more mainstream now it's become more I don't know it has more of a track record at this point to some people Mm -hmm. that perceive it that way to others it's like purely natural pandemic but even then like the idea of pandemics are reminded in the public consciousness you know because it's easy to forget something like that when you or your past generation hasn't lived through something right for sure so Uh, yeah I'm glad that 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 is happening in a way because we needed preparation for this kind of a thing because it's going to happen again yeah for sure they're going to happen again and um, I heard that South Korea was it North Korea or South Korea? One of the Koreas is like has the biggest arsenal of biological weapons, not nuclear weapons, but biological weapons or something like that. Yeah. But and it might not be true. But um, what the person that I was talking to was was alluding to is that there could possibly be a war component to biological thing happening in our world yeah you know from, from a place it doesn't have to necessarily just be a wild coronavirus or a happen it could happen because of a crazy dictator <clears throat> um that decides to release some I don't even want to say it I don't even want to think about it but it definitely is a it's definitely a real thing yeah it's it's scary what the possibilities are, man. Right. Like, Facebook wouldn't be Facebook if you couldn't meet people on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't, dude. It would be like, it would be very, true. very watered down. You know what I mean? But maybe on the other hand, too, more people are able to spend more screen time because of mm. quarantine, so they're on Facebook more. Like, I know <clears throat> I'm normally never on Facebook, ever. I'm not on it I'm only, at all. I only have it just so I can use Messenger. Totally. Uh, honestly. I, I used it like that for a long time, just uh, mailing people that were far away or mailing people whose address I don't have, and I still have it as a backup for that, but 
I haven't been on there in a couple of years and I'm I want to go back on it so bad to get a hold of some people but I just keep fighting their urge to because I really don't like Mark Zuckerberg and I don't really believe in what his non-private version of his company does but like he says he's going to make it private and it's not him personally that I don't like him but like as a as the leader of his company I just don't know what they do I don't know what they really are doing with the data either and not that it matters I think that from what I understand, it's not personalized. Like they don't, they don't selectively look at one person. They kind of take the whole, and they they use that, which gives them a lot of power, of course. But I'm not too worried about them, like looking at me personally or anything. I just, you know, I know a lot just of people. Just the fact are, that they have your file. Yeah, and that if everybody participates, if then it's that's how, and if we all slowly yeah. stop, or at least partially not participate. I think it's that's like, what you, um, you and I are talking about. It's right like now. what Snowden found out. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. What's it called? What program? I'm not sure what the name of the program is, but I definitely know it's like the you, the three people they go into one person that knows three people, and through that person they can reach three people, and essentially they can they can web their way through the entire population. And they could like access to <clears throat> us through phone records or phone mm-hmm. files and their recordings or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, huge database well the i think the main thing he was saying which is the part that we have to that we can maybe change the part that's really out in the open the part that is really important is that metadata up until the year 2000 or so and i was just looking at a really interesting harvard professor zuboff was talking about metadata and she was saying that it was called exhaust data and junk data for a long time and they were focusing on what people were saying in the conversations. And then they started to realize that it wasn't important what they were saying. What was important is what, where they were going and what websites they were looking at, how long they were looking at those websites for. Yeah. And the important thing to know about this, what Snowden said, is that they don't need a warrant for your metadata. That's super important. The federal government has said that. That's, he feels that our metadata should belong to us. And that our data should belong to us, and it, I kind of agree. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel, but I, 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 I have a hard time agreeing. Snowden's a really charismatic character, isn't he? Like, yeah. you see him talk, and he's he's a cool guy. Like, I want it, and I do agree with. And I, I think that he has a lot of balls to do what he did. The idea of not needing a warrant, though, that's to, a complete trample of like that's, unreasonable seizures. Absolutely, it's a full-on trample of of our rights. That's our data. Like, everything that comes through that line, when we establish a private contract with a cell phone company, everything that comes from that contract should belong to us and us only. Not even to them. To the, but what's funny is the cell phone company has part of it, and then the, the uh, all of the apps and stuff. So Facebook used to be that you could log on to Facebook itself and just log on to it from the... From the uh, you didn't have to have Messenger. Now you have to have a messenger, you have to have the separate app, and you have to agree to all of their terms. I know that sounds like not a big thing, but it's, it actually is a really big thing as far as what they, what they can take from you after that, you know? Yeah. Um, MySpace was the same way. It was like the, the app, you could just log on to the website and log on to your profile and log out like, like a regular email, and it, they couldn't take that much of your data that way. But once they get to Messenger, then they could take more in. Um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing, the metadata thing. But I think that was the biggest part that Snowden wanted us to know about and wanted us to be aware that, whoa, watch out for your metadata. That tells them everything about you. And he gave an example. Like, let's say that you went to the hospital and you stayed there most of the day. And that, then after that, you called your mother. You were on the phone with your mother for a couple of hours. That hospital was a optom, no, not optometrist, but a, but a, you know, pediatrician, whatever. From that, right there, without knowing anything you spoke about, they could completely tell everything that's going on with your life and what's going on with you that day. Knowing, knowing where you went, how long you spoke about what thing, what, you know, it's true. And so he was trying to, and that's the part that, that I really find to be the, the one thing that we might be able to actually do something about. Demand that we get more privacy on our metadata. I don't yeah. know about everything else, but. Yeah, it's, it's just so hard wrestling control back from something that has precedent, you know? Right. The Congress is meant to just not enact anything good or bad, really. Yeah. It's just meant to be like a giant traffic jam. I think that's what the founding fathers wanted. Mm-hmm. for it to just be like gridlock all the time so they yeah. didn't get anything done so their power is limited you know right because the more the government gets done if you think about it the more control they're gonna have either have or want you know right and i'm uh, kind of preparing myself for them to like wrestle it away from us like for the little cubicle so to speak you know i was just yeah. speaking about it you know um i don't know that's uh that's not something that i want at all but jesus they they appear to be gathering up power to themselves pretty quickly, you know. Yeah. I, I might be able to be kind of happy in, like, a little video game world. <laughs> Would you think they'd allow us to have weed? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I think video games are going to become a bigger and bigger part of uh, mainstream life. Big. I think they're still, big time. like, coming from the fringe, you know. Ever since the 1980s, they're coming from the fringe. And they're pretty mainstream now, but... Right. Even more people are going to play video games mm-hmm. like I see in the future. Or like virtual so reality too. or some yep. variation. Variation, know? yep. Did you ever see um, Her? No. The movie Her? No. H-E-R? Yeah. It's with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. I think it won newer movie Academy Awards. It came oh, out like sure. seven years ago. Okay. Very good movie. Is it, a, is it a, like a, a more realistic, kind of a realistic movie that's... Yeah. Cool. Right on. I like realistic movies. I, I, I don't like those. I don't like explosions. and Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. like I love the idea of Transformers, but I just almost can't watch the movies because they're just too... They just fake them out so bad, yeah. dude. Like, I feel like they could make those movies almost viewable. Like, they, they almost did with a couple. But, yeah, like, I, I'm a real... I like a serious... I like... Um, like you said earlier, I like... Um, historical fiction I like you know deep philosophical movies that are as realistic as they can make you know what I mean like they don't have to be perfect but I don't like it when they just let go of all sense of of reality explosions and the bullet wounds to the fucking you know what I mean like yeah but yeah I'm just glad we get to talk about these things and it's fun just seeing where the conversation goes and you know there's always the possibility that it could resonate with someone else you know and generate even more discussion but um on that note i think 
uh, we're going to have to wrap this episode up. Let's get more into uh, Epstein. That's that's a fun topic Epstein? to delve into. Okay. And I guess I'll just mention that we are going to go into the secret history of mind control because you just yeah. lent me this book called yeah. Brainwash, The Secret History of Mind Control. Yeah. I'm very interested in this. And um, I'm It wasn't the title that got me into it. It was a recommendation. Yeah. And but... Um, Go ahead, give a quick it's, summary. It starts with the beginning of the CIA's experiments on sensory deprivation, which they uh, found out was the worst form of torture that you could ever give someone, which was just, you know, to lock them in a room with no... And they did sensory deprivation tanks, and the, the CIA director punch, uh, spiked the punch bowl with LSD, uh, Stanley Gottlieb, and... Uh, it goes all through um, uh, Operation Paperclip, MK Ultra, even goes into Monarch, and it talks about um, whether brainwashing is really real, whether it's a real thing, and whether it's to believe be, to be believed or not. And I will leave that to you to to uh, what they discovered. Um, the advertising comes up in here. Okay, advertising is a huge industry that deals with psychology, okay? Um, I <clears throat> I already I told you a little bit about the flashes they would, in movie theaters, they would flash, buy Coke or or, or, or buy French fries uh, one frame in every, every so often after they found a guy that was splicing in some other really obscure stuff uh, into the, into the frames every 10,000 frames. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, brainwash has to do with advertising. It has to do with how to influence the human brain, not the human brain, the human mind, the human psyche, um, to buy things, to want things, to do things, to say things, to um, to everything. Uh, and it's a very there's uh, a lot of sources, um, not just a lot, a, a, a ton of very 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 credible sources. Um, it's, it's a lot of it's from the CIA, and um, I enjoyed this book so much that I bought it. Um, it's uh, something that I, uh, it's, it's a great book, and um, I, I really look forward to talking with you about it. Nice. Do you have cocaine as well? Yeah, I do. It's at my house. It, I, as soon as you finish this one, uh, or as soon as we get done with this one, I'll give you cocaine. I didn't want to give them both to you and then get you, dis but cocaine's the one I started with. And um, it's that cocaine. Oh, would you rather me bring you cocaine first? And no, um, let's do this one first. Let's do this then, one first, and, and then I'll do cocaine. Cool. <laughs> I'll do cocaine. <laughs> we'll do some cocaine. I will do cocaine both figuratively cocaine. and yeah. really. <laughs> no, just kidding. Awesome. Just kidding. Gee, Hell My nose yeah. cannot take it. No, but yeah, please enjoy. It might take you a little while to read it, and we can actually do segments too if you want, because it does kind of go through segments and then um it it's a it's a very informative book that it goes a lot through the 50s and 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 uh what they were learning about the human psyche uh in their experiments awesome. yeah th these are all things i'm highly interested in so i'm looking forward to reading this and uh this will be a fun topic to delve into next time heck yeah but with that um we will leave you faithful but small audience. <laughs> Peace out. Aloha. Till next time.